This is exactly right. On the 12th season of Tenfold More Wicked, we investigate a series of compelling mysteries from the city of Fall River, Massachusetts, where problems started generations before Lizzie Borden's murders made her a household name. Join me as we cover the misfortunes that have befallen this infamous town for more than 150 years, including the Great Fire of 1843. Season 12 premieres Monday, May 13th on Exactly Right. Follow Tenfold More Wicked on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Let's focus on a pain-free hour. Okay, I would love that. Just a release. Let's in, right. let's imagine our lower backs, the muscles in our lower backs, red, slowly turning to blue. Thank you. Slowly fading to blue. Feeling release, it? release your sciatic nerve pain. Hi, this is Georgia, and my butt is broken, and Karen is trying to fix me. Hi, I'm Karen. I'm not a trained doctor or professional in any way. I thought maybe if I talked in a certain weird tone of voice, Georgia's butt muscle would unclench. It worked. Are you okay? I feel great. This whiskey might be helping, too, but... This episode might be a little what uh, we call in my family, hinky, (laughs) because Georgia has devastating back pain. Um And has been suffering from it for two days. This is real. This part. This is real. totally. Real. I've been suffering the back pain forever, and then my, my sciatic. Listen, it's real interesting. If anyone has cures, please just explain it tweet to them so us. that when you cry out, and then we have to hit pause, they okay. know what's happening. I think I have a I have a slip disc in my back for Ooh. the past couple months, and it has eventually caused my sciatic nerve to be pinched, and I am in so much fucking pain <laughs> in the, at this moment. Uh, right at this moment, no, but it keeps like clenching and Ugh. then like I fucking can't. And I got an MRI today and I, like that's, that's how I let everyone know that I, it's serious is that I got an MRI today. Like that's, you don't, you're not just like, mm, I'm sick, you know, right. like you, you're, oh, heating, put a heating pad on it. Yeah. It's like, no, I was in a goddamn machine. Also, I'm sitting on a heating pad. That's right. Just like one of your cats. It's my cat's heating pad. It's very cute. <laughs> <Thank> you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Make sure you don't get pinworms. What's that? <laughs> You know, still like when you hang out and share all your stuff with your pets, you start getting, you get worms. Like how my cat is sitting on that mechanical pencil with his asshole right now. I put a pencil down. Oh, yeah. And Elvis came over and and sat on it asshole first. He didn't even sit. He placed his asshole on it. Delicately. Yeah. And like a yoga instructor. Purposefully. Yeah. Asshole down and then the butt cheeks. Okay. Am, is my immune system better or worse for living with cats who put their assholes on everything? I say better, right? Because you're able to withstand. Now that your body is filled with bugs, <laughs> you're able to withstand more in the outside. Now that every world. inch of my body has basically been assholed. Listen, <laughs> I have two yeah. shitty dogs yeah. that I never clean, <laughs> and I sleep with them every night, oh, yeah. and every once in a while I remember to change that pillowcase, and when I do, oh, yeah. I go, what do I have? I'm sure I have fleas in my ears. Yeah. Have they crawled into my brain? I feel like All our, these things our skin would head. be a lot worse if... 
we were really sick. Uh, also, I've heard that... <laughs> you know what I mean? Pretty great skin. Says the girl who has acne. Uh, I also heard that children who grow up around pets are have much better immune systems. So I'm basically just a big child. Yes. Yeah. I mean, we're just trying to get back some of that youth that we enjoyed so much, <laughs> surrounded by animalia. You're, when you, you're, your back gets fucked up when you're older. What? I know. You're not that old. I thought it was going to be young forever. I think it's, um, you just have some emotional releases. I think if you took a sledgehammer to an old car or screamed in certain people's faces, you're welcome to scream at me at any time. I have said I want to open that business where it's just like you go in a like white painted room and there's just like dishes and a sledgehammer and like electronic equipment and you just have five minutes to break shit. I think they do that in Japan, don't they? Oh, I'm sure they do. I feel like that's something I've seen on the nightly news. Let's start this. Okay. Hi, everybody. Oh, I meant the business. I don't know the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, but hey, we might as well do both. Is it housekeeping time? Oh, yeah. Hey, this is my favorite murder with Karen and Georgia. Oh, yes, yes. Did you know that? I hope you knew you that. You clicked on it, <laughs> motherfucker. Um, or maybe your cat's asshole sat on your phone. I guess the first moment of Corrections Corner, because that's why I might as well just always only talk about Corrections yeah. Corner. Uh, listen, it turns out Seventh-day Adventists do give gifts. And I don't even remember talking about that. I think it's Jehovah's Witnesses that don't. Um, oh, let's go. Let's, let's start next week's correction corner. <laughs> what if this is a double correction corner? Um, no, it was, let me find her, uh, because I just faved it because she was laughing and saying, I am a Seventh day Adventist, Adventist. We do give gifts. Um, I do know that I, Long ago when I worked at The Gap, I worked with a guy who was a Seventh-day Adventist and claimed because of that he didn't have to work Saturdays. So maybe I do have some some bitterness deep down. Good for him. That's what I... <laughs> yeah, because I was always standing there on Saturday like, Ew. where the fuck is Ramon or whatever his name yeah. is. Um, but she really enjoyed that. She wasn't mad or anything or offended. But I, I guess maybe it's... Um, what, isn't there one of those religions that just doesn't Jehovah's observe Witness. any of the holidays that, like, they're just like, we don't do your holidays? Jehovah's Witness. Okay. Do you want me to say it one more time? <laughs> I want, <laughs> I, I need to believe it. You just keep on saying it, but it has to be me accepting it. Jehovah's Witness. Oh, okay. Jehovah's Witness. <laughs> as, as like two people who are raised pretty lax in religion, right? Like, oh, no, I'm no. Jewish near Catholic, but not oh, hardcore. We were strict, no, we were strictly oh, were. Catholic. Yeah. My, my, I still remember the day my sister and I told my dad we didn't feel like going to church. And it was as if we were like, fuck you, mister. Like, it was the fight we got into by going, we don't want to go to church today. How old was were you? Unbelievable. Like 18. Oh, my God. Yo, yeah. Wow. Serious Catholic, Irish Catholic, old school bullshit. When you go home, do you have to go to church? I, well... I do go to church. Like, I don't have to yeah. anymore because yeah. I already went through my pseudo goth mod punk phase right. where I, never, I wasn't able to commit style-wise to any of those things, Sure, but I had the spirit in they me. They mesh. They all mesh. Yeah. It's a lot of black tights yeah. and bad attitudes. Eyeliner. <laughs> but, but now it's fun because like my niece, it's always something oh. for my niece or a family party yeah. or whatever. So now I just play along. That's cute. And I, and I also am more spiritual than I was back in those days when yeah. I was, just wanted to kick things with my big black shoes i'll go to temple yeah after my bat mitzvah i was like fuck this i will never go to temple again right but now i'm like okay 
it's like not about believing in God. It's about having a, a community and and history and all this. Yeah. Spiritual bullshit. I mean, I think it's natural to rebel against the structures right. of our youth. Right. Uh, it feels good. So anyway, this has been Religion Corner with Ding Dong with Religion Corner. Religion Corner. Oh, what was the other housekeeping you wanted oh, to? So yeah. sorry to the Seventh Day Adventists. <laughs> <laughs> is how that started. Uh, oh, also, this is episode thirty-four, or as our listener Daniel at LF, LFC West uh, suggested, we call it. So we will call it thirty. Let the bodies hit the four. <laughs> Which is just a fucking great. That's funny. Well done, you, Daniel. That's funny. Well done, you. Good job. Also, I have to apologize because <laughs> I called the band that we were in Entertainment Weekly with. Remember, we were bragging yes. last week yes. that we were in Entertainment. So we're bragging, bragging. And this is how I am, where I'm like, me, 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 me. And then I'll skim other things yeah, yeah, yeah. and speak on it as if I know what I'm talking about. Well, so I called the band that we were in Entertainment Weekly with, I called them Sunlit Youth. Right. The name of the band is Local. Natives. And that's their album is Sunlit Youth. The album is called Sunlit Youth. They're local natives. They're an LA native band. They're also huge. They're huge. We had lots of people telling us the, mista- the I mistake know. I made. And I didn't know. It's super embarrassing because it just makes me feel like someone's weird aunt that's yeah. trying to hang out at like a teenage party. Well, that's us. Like, that's a description of us. Fuck. Or someone's weird aunt who's trying to hang out at a party. God damn it. It's your exact. <laughs> There's a lot we have to face during this episode. And. Thanks a lot, local natives, for really making me get in the face of my own. But here's the upside of that. Okay. The band Silver Sun Pickup started following us on Twitter. Shut up. Which must mean, right? You wouldn't follow, unless it was an accident. I, that happens to be sometimes <laughs> where you just touch a thing and suddenly you're following it. But there is a chance that the people that belong to the insanely amazing band Silver Sun Pickups listen to this podcast. Who got their name from the Silver Sun Liquor Store in Silver Lake, right by where we're at right now. That's right. I'm, so, yeah. I mean, let's focus on the listen, mistakes I haven't made yet. Indie bands love us. We're Is your, that true? We're your aunt. Listen, we're, we're your aunt. We support you. You got to love your aunt coming and standing at your show with the big purse and her arms yeah. crossed, just, just actively supporting. And then telling you later who she, who she saw in the past. Like what band? I saw Elliot Smith. Come on. Girl, I mean, who haven't I seen? Yeah. I was there back in the day when Beck walked on stage during that one John Bryan show at the old Largo. I could tell there you go. 50 stories like that. Don't. No, I can't. I, I won't. I, <laughs> I would never do that to you. You already have so much pain. <laughs> okay. Uh, it's funny how you are, you're the housekeeping person. Well, it's always my mistakes. <laughs> <laughs> no, what's always is that I won't cop to my mistakes or apologize for them. <laughs> Badass. I'll, I, I will try to do that more. Mine are so blatant that people are like, hi, I love hey. you. Don't be mad. But you completely fucked this up. Yeah. But you know what? That's in the past. Who listens to episode 33? Nobody. Oh my God. It's just like so old. It's like so last week. It's so our dumb aunt. (laughs) Um, What do you have housekeeping? Shirts. Shirts are still an issue. They're happening. I swear to God, they're happening. They're on the way. They're on the way. On Teespring, you can find the two uh, original um, 
Designs. Designs, and you can buy them while I figure out what the fuck to do with these gorgeous new designs that have all the quotes you love and I'm so excited about and can't fucking figure it out, which is why I have lower back pain and sciatica. If your sciatica and intense chronic pain is due to t-shirts, yeah. I'm going to murder you myself because <laughs> that's dumb. I missed there. I slept through therapy today. <laughs> It's a good sign. It's a great sign. That's always a good sign. I mean, <laughs> blow off therapy. I forgot therapy, and my therapist texted me was like, "Hey, I had you down for four. and I was like, "I was on. I'm on pills." Um, I do that probably every other week, and you I know? have no excuse. You know, I actually had this really amazing therapist recent recently. Not amazing. She and I didn't work out, but I liked her, and she said to me, "Like, I have this thing about being late. I'm never late, and it stresses me out." And I like. I get so angry with myself when I'm late and I showed up to my appointment like not even 10 minutes late and I was like I'm so sorry I fucking I'm a fucking idiot and, da, 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 da. and she was like what tell me um, tell me why it's like what's wrong with being late or like tell me what you sh- you can you should say to yourself about being late and I was like oh like, I should I should say like it's okay no one's a blah, blah, blah. and like kept saying things and she was like nope and finally I was like what do I say and she was just like it's okay that's it yeah it's okay yeah that's all it is it it's is okay everything's okay it's not like you don't have to reason with yourself I miss therapy today it happens it's okay if you have something else going on like you have to give yourself a break that this isn't standard time yeah you have crazy back pain that's keeping you from like getting up to get a glass of water yeah so yeah you might be fucking 10 minutes late for something and even if i'm five five minutes late because of whatever the fuck reason it's okay it's okay it like the world you know i have to say my dad said this great thing to me one time when i was super crazy had just flunked out of college was really felt like i really felt like the world was like melting around yeah. me and he goes and of course i had to like borrow money from him it yeah. was like i basically felt like the biggest failure and like i was always going to be that that moment i was probably 21 yeah. or 20 and i was i was I just stamped myself permanent loser. Yeah, it defines the... You think at that age, it's That's defining. It. It's a defining moment. Yeah. And thank God, at the end of this phone conversation, my guy goes, hey, listen, really, honestly, in a hundred years, nobody's going to remember this. <laughs> and then I was like, oh. And that is the best advice. Yeah. Like, live your life knowing that in 100 years like it's so scary to some people like oh we all die in 100 years i won't be remembered yeah but also you won't be remembered yeah so fucking relax a little bit or you will be by your like great grandchildren and they're like my grandma was a fucking badass she did this and this and this you're not gonna be like can you believe my grandma didn't graduate college right no no not at all did you see that my dad is now my dad texted me that he's listening Yes, you told me that. Oh, my God. Can I, I love just, it. Can I read everyone who's not following us in all the places? What the fuck is wrong with you guys? Uh, what he said. He said, <laughs> started listening to your podcast. And wow, your voice is great. The interaction is terrific. Let's talk when you can. Love, Dad. <laughs> For further notes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, right. But he also signed it, Love, Dad. <laughs> I was like, oh, thank you. Oh, then he said he signed a text. Yes, Classic. which everyone loved. And then he said, um, 
He said, you go, girl. Not fucking kidding. Yes. I wanted to call in when you talked about not sitting next to a window to avoid being crushed by an out of control car crashing on top of you and add that I always sit facing the door at like a restaurant. Yeah. So I can see whoever is coming in to assassinate me or worse. Your dad said that. Yeah. Okay. Now we're getting to the root of some stuff. Anxiety. Marty's got it. Yeah. And I was like, can you please call and like talk, like leave me a voicemail about how you deal with anxiety or whatever. So I hope he's okay with me reading that. Anyways, so should we... Uh, we'll mark this, Stephen, for a potential <laughs> edit that we'll never make. Um, well, hey, here's the thing, though. There's nothing to be embarrassed about because no. this is the human condition. This sure. Is, I told you that, right? When my therapist told me once that our reptilian brains are built to scan for present danger and then review for past mistakes. Ooh. That's all your brain does constantly. Yeah. So when you are in that mode of like you are looking around to see if a car is coming or who what l- lunatic is coming in the door, mm-hmm. that is how the human brain works so we survive that's that's how the saber-toothed tiger doesn't eat us that's the reason that that's the reason the hard starts are here yeah and the kilcariffs are here is because our our brains did that correctly yeah so if that means that we have a bunch of anxiety because in this day and age there aren't any wild animals that are about to jump on our backs and it doesn't sync up that much then yeah give yourself a break yeah but there are murderers and so we're going to talk about those murderers yeah after a quick break. We're going to get to our favorite Skipper Sabertooth Tiger murderers. <laughs> this week it's all Sabertooth Tigers. <laughs> I'll be right back. Georgia, have you ever been blown away by the most simple dish at a restaurant, like perfectly scrambled eggs? Oh my God, yes, Karen. And then all I want to do is make that dish at home and eat it every day. Well, you probably could as long as you have the chef's secret ingredient. Made In Cookware. Made In was created to bring restaurant-quality performance kitchenware to home chefs around the world. For years, they've built their business by supplying restaurants and top chefs with high-end cookware. Some of Tom Colicchio's most treasured dishes at his restaurant craft are made in Made In. Whether you're cooking for professional critics or just the critics you live with, your meals will benefit from the quality of Made In products. Like their carbon steel cookware, it combines the best of both cast iron and stainless steel clad, so it's rugged enough for grills or an open flame. It's the MVP of summer cookouts and cook-ins. What I really love about made-in cookware is that it actually makes something like having a Memorial Day barbecue much more convenient because you can keep everything on the grill if you need to throw, say, a pan of garlic up on the top while you're grilling your steaks on the bottom. It's strong enough, durable enough to do that. If you want to take your cooking to the next level, remember what so many great dishes have in common. They're all made in, made in. Save up to 25% this Memorial Day from May 18th through May 27th when you visit madeincookware.com. That's M-A-D-E-I-N cookware.com. Goodbye. Hey, Karen, you know that feeling when you're stressed out and your heart starts to pound and your mind is racing? I do. I know it well. Well, while there's no cure for stress, therapy can help shape your response to it. And since May is Mental Health Awareness Month, there's no better time to try Talkspace. When you sign up for Talkspace, you'll receive a personalized match with a therapist or psychologist, typically within 48 hours. Forbes rates Talkspace as the number one online therapy platform, plus their licensed professionals are in network with almost all major insurance companies. Once you meet your therapy goals, or if you want to cancel for any reason, Talkspace will provide you with a prorated refund for unused time. 
I feel like these days people understand the importance of therapy, but the difficult part is just taking that first step. It took me months to make my first therapy appointment. I was so scared. I had a lot of ideas in my head about it. And that's why I think Talkspace is such a good idea because making it so approachable will just get you there sooner. Then you can actually get in there, figure out what you need, talk to an actual professional and be on your way to solving some stuff that you might want to solve. To celebrate Mental Health Awareness Month and the power of talking it out in therapy, Talkspace is offering our listeners $80 off your first month with promo code SPACE80. Go to Talkspace.com slash MFM and use promo code SPACE80. To match with a licensed therapist today, go to Talkspace.com slash MFM and enter promo code SPACE80 and get $80 off your first month and show your support for our show. That's Talkspace.com slash MFM. Enter her promo code space 80. Goodbye. I'm pretty certain. I closed my computer because I'm pretty certain you're first. Okay. I mean, I guess I could actually. Don't you dare. No, I don't like I'm, it being. We don't. Care. I like it never knowing. There was somebody actually. Wait, are we back? Sure. There was somebody. <laughs> there was somebody that wrote in that was like. Every week you guys don't know who it is. Why don't you just do even odd number system? I know. And it made me laugh out loud. I was like, do first of all, I without looking, I knew it was a guy. Yeah. And then secondly, I was just like, first of all, enjoy the charm of not knowing. Yeah. Enjoy the fact that w- what we're doing here is like sussing it out as we go every time. And uh, who wants a number system? Also, here's what would happen. Wait, are you even or are you odd? Hold on. What I'm, day is it? I'm even. I thought it was the 24th. Is this number 35? So it's, I'm even and okay. you're odd. No, but no, I no, thought no. that meant that if you were even, I go first. Right. There's Shit. your number system, that's superstar. Even, that's worse. So, Karen. But thanks for the suggestion. <laughs> yeah. So you go first this time. Mm. I'm pretty certain it's you. Well, because I last week. Be- was beating myself up for being such a lazy pants Marie. Stop it. Uh, I did what some might call, I believe on other murder podcasts, they call heavy hitters. Yeah. I'm this week bringing you the mass murderer killer Richard Speck. Hey. Do you know him? Oh, fuck. Hold on. Uh, yeah. Just shout it right into the microphone when you have pain. We, everybody wants to hear it. Are you being mean? No. I mean, like, it's going to be part of it. That's okay. It's am I make, excited or am I in extreme pain? That's going to be the. Well, just say, just do what you feel. Okay. But don't be, don't edit yourself. I don't know a ton about retrospect, so I'm really excited about this one, okay, which is good. why I sat up and which is why I groaned in pain. Okay. I need to say before I start, my friend. Um, uh, Tim Brady suggested this to me and he, um, Tim B, um, he uh, has been listening. He's a day one listener, a long time supporter, first time caller. And, uh, and he's also one of the cancer survivors I was talking about when we were talking to our friend who was, um, getting through her cancer treatment. Awesome. Um, but he did that long ago and, uh, but I, I just thought I would cite that as that I wasn't lying. There's real people. And he's one of them anyway. This was a suggestion of his. Yeah. And then I told him I was going to save Richard Speck because we're going uh, for the future. Um, but then I just decided I know a lot about him. Uh, and I've seen, I mean, he's on all of those, yeah. like the murder specials. I feel like I've seen 25 murder specials about Richard Speck. Cool. I really love a long introduction. 
I don't know. It was one. I don't know why it took that long to say that. But anyway, here we go. Um, Richard Speck has on his Wikipedia page, there's a couple pieces of information that are some of my favorite sentences I've ever read. Uh, for example, um, when he was six years old, his father died of a heart attack and his mother remarried a peg-legged drunk with an extensive criminal record who she met on a train. Say that again? She remarried a peg-legged drunk with an extensive criminal record who she met on a train. Oh, my God. <laughs> now, this was long ago enough that there were still peg-leggers around. <laughs> I mean, and you meet people on a train. Yeah, and you're and, and, he's, and he's a drunk. So, it's like, yeah. this guy seems fun and like he's making the most of life. Do you think he... Oh, God, I have so many questions. Go on. I know. Uh, well, also, so... You know, if he's a peg leg drunk, that he's probably not going to be the best stepdad in the world. I mean, when back then was a stepdad a good stepdad? I know this. This was really dark days for any kind of uh, secondary parenting. Yeah. I think it's funny how even today you hear of a stepdad and you're like, Ooh. and then but then they're like, no, he was an like you have to you have to tell someone that this is your stepdad, but but then say like, but he's amazing. He's the good. He's a good kind. Yeah. Yeah, it actually, the, it's kind of a dirty word. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, do you have a stepdad? No, my mom has, has had a boyfriend for like 10 years who's like oh. the best dude. Great. My parents divorced when I was a kid and luckily never found anyone else to marry them. <laughs> <laughs> so I got lucky. Didn't have, you don't have to deal with any of that step shit. Stepkids, stepdad, parents. Weird strange teenagers that now live in your home no. and you're supposed to call them brother and like, sister. Like, they dated, but, like, it was fine and now my mom's boyfriend's, like, the coolest dude. That's great. Yeah. Yeah, my mom's boyfriend is totally a positive phrase and my new <laughs> stepdad is a nightmare situation. Yeah, that's true. Uh, Alright, so he, uh, when he was in third grade, they the whole family moved to Texas, and they would uh, have ten different addresses in twelve years. Whoa. So the peg leg drunk didn't uh, work out so good. He was uh, obviously drunk, very angry, very abusive, and also had a bit of a criminal background. Was a forger, and just an all around uh, Texas superstar. Um, <laughs> So, because of that, Richard um, started drinking himself in sixth grade. Oh, my God. And dropped out of school when he was 16. So, uh, dark start. Early yeah. and bad. Um, so, these I'm just going to try to go through these very quickly. His crimes in Texas are as follows. When he was 19, he met a... Oh, uh, well, I guess that is. When he was 19, he, he met a 15-year-old girl at the state fair, and three weeks later, she was pregnant. Dude. Techni technically, that's statutory rape. Yeah. But not, I mean, he was 19 and she was 15, so it's not like he was 30, but still. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, when his daughter was born, his wife didn't know that he was serving a 22-day sentence for disturbing the peace after a drunken melee a phrase I feel like they only use on Wikipedia. When he was 21, he was arrested for forgery and burglary and sentenced to three years, but paroled after 16 months. A week after his parole, he attacked a woman in a parking lot of her apartment building with a 17-inch carving knife. Is that his first, like, like attack against a female? Yes. As far, uh, aside from family, they said that oh. he was very abusive within the family. Yeah. But I don't know if that was just because the whole family was all fucked right. up down, down there once they moved to Texas. Um, but this is his first 
uh, like adult assault. Because it's so a woman. weird to go from like I don't think a, I don't think a lot of people go from like burglary and that's and like fighting outside of a bar to like attacking a woman alone. Actually, burglary is a very common like first. Uh, for and especially for serial killers, really? they start in burglary. Yeah, just to see if they can. It's like invading people's space, oh, okay. and then it kind of goes further. But you're right about the drunken. Usually, you think just somebody that's kind of a drunk is isn't gonna no. suddenly pull what is over a foot and a half <gasps> long knife on Jesus. someone. Jesus, isn't that kind of a sword? That's a really fucking long knife. When do we go from knife to sword? Like, <laughs> let's let's I'm get a, it down. How long is a sword? Three, two feet? Shit, you're Three? asking the wrong. I watch the knife show sometimes, but I'm usually. I've watched it with you, Cutlery Corner. Oh, Cutlery. Oh, that's a good oh, show. God damn, that's a good show. That man sells. Yeah. All right. What's that? For? That's on. Um. What's it called when they sell the TVs? When they sell stuff on the TV? Oh, like QVC stuff. QVC. It's like a. You guys need to watch it. It's the knife show. It's a knife show that's on, oftentimes, like, um, it's on at, like, two in the morning yeah. when you come home from, like, a comedy club. You turn it on, and it's, like, there's a, a bunch of knives on a revolving thing, and there's a guy yeah. that's, like, it's like he's from the State Fair. Yes. Just selling you these knives. Gorgeous show. Just put it on in the background. So entertaining. Live your life. Just, it's a person who's working from his passion place. Yeah. I just made up that phrase. Knows his shit, unlike us. Knows his knives, knows the name of those knives, <laughs> and sells them to you. Anyhow. <laughs> Do you know that Matt McCarthy once called and said, um, hey, I'm calling about the knife. <laughs> the, like, Into the show? Mm-hmm. <laughs> he got on? Yeah. Hey, I'm calling about the knife. <laughs> Genius. <laughs> okay, go on, sorry. Matt McCarthy from We Watch Wrestling Podcast. Yeah. All right. Uh, sorry. So she got away. Luckily, but he was convicted of aggravated assault, given a 16-month sentence. That's, uh, and um, it was supposed to run concurrently with his parole violation sentence. But due to an error, he was released from prison just six months later on completion of his parole violation. Uh, after, I don't think this kind of stuff happens as much here in modern times as this Which whole like, error yeah this weird paperwork jail yeah. error they shit spelled that your name wrong about. yeah and spelled. suddenly you're free to go yeah I hope all right so he gets out of prison he works for three months as a driver for patterson meat company he has six accidents with the truck before oh, he's fired shit after failing to show up for work now that's what they fire him for yeah uh, yeah. So I guess the accidents, he always had a good reason. I mean, I think this guy is a real, he's good at talking. Um, he's a bullshitter. Mm-hmm. He's like, you know, a fast talker. He's not one of them low IQ dudes. No, he's not one of those. Okay. I don't think, no. Okay. Um, he, so in December 1965, on the recommendation of his mother, he, uh, moved in with a 29 year old woman who was an ex professional wrestler herself <gasps> and a bartender at his favorite bar, Ginny's Lounge. She sounds like a fucking badass. I would love to see a picture of her right now. I would, I would, I would love it. I want to um, hang out with her. Uh, she also needed someone to babysit her three children. What? So, so Richard Speck was her oh, man. Oh, as you do, you pick the fucking ex-con. Yeah, instead of man. hiring a teen girl babysitter, you go ahead and get a guy that hangs out at the bar that you bartend at. What the shit, man? Guys, guys, guys in Texas in the sixties, get your shit together. Ex-nay on the Ubit's day. Am I wrong? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so. So, so, 
Uh, I love my plates. <laughs> so, a month later, his wife files for divorce. The same month, Richard Speck stabbed a man in a knife fight at Ginny's Lounge. <sighs> um, he was charged with aggravated assault, but his attorney that his mother hired for him got the charge reduced uh, to disturbing the peace. <laughs> How hilarious is it? Stabbing someone is disturbing the peace. You know what? It is disturbing. It is disturbing. And I had peace before you did it. So <laughs> technically, um, that that was like a real good lawyer. So he was fined ten dollars, and he was jailed oh for three God. days. And oh, my God. oh no, sorry, he was fined ten dollars, and then he was jailed for three days after he failed to pay that fine. Oh Jesus. my lord! They're letting him off practically scot free, and he's still going. Hey, go fuck yourself. Yeah. Um. So this that was the last time he was in police custody in Dallas. So this is kind of an amazing crime. Um, on March 5th, 1966, he buys a 12-year-old car. And then he, the next night, he burglarizes a grocery store, steals 70 cartons of cigarettes, sells them out of the trunk of the car mm-hmm. in the same grocery store's <laughs> parking lot. Then he abandons the car. So the police trace the car back to him and issue a warrant for his arrest. But that arrest would have been his 42nd in Dallas. Are you kidding me? Yeah. This sounds like the plot of Raising Arizona. It's... <laughs> <laughs> Son, I believe you got a panty on your head. The best movie of all time. I love him so much. I love him so much. <laughs> I love him so much. Okay, so so his sister drives him to the bus depot and he gets a bus and he takes a bus back to Chicago where he still has family. Because they're like, you got to get out of town or you're done for. Yeah. 42 arrests. So on March 16th, 1966... He finds out that his wife got uh, remarried two days after divorcing him. And at the end of that month, he gets detained by the police for threatening a man with a knife in a bar. So Richard Speck, in a in in a sentence, he's all about bars, knives and getting arrested. It's his passion. So (laughs) um, this is his fresh start in Chicago, by the way. So on April 3rd, uh, he breaks into the home of a 65-year-old woman in Monmouth, which is where his sister lives, and that's why he's in this small town in Illinois. Mm-hmm. And she comes home at 1 a.m. because she's been babysitting. Mm-hmm. The re- a right babysitter. This is who you the, pick. Cr- yes, an old lady babysitter. Yeah. She walks in the door. There's a man standing in her oh, house. No. Six foot tall, white man, as she describes him, who was very polite and spoke very softly with a southern drawl, who blindfolds her ties her up, rapes her, ransacks the house, and steals the $2.50 that she had earned babysitting that evening. So, uh, then on April 9th, a woman named Mary Kay Pierce, who is a 32-year-old barmaid, who worked at her brother's tavern in downtown Monmouth, Monmouth, I'm sure I'm pronouncing it wrong, um, she was last seen leaving that tavern at quarter to one in the morning, she was reported missing on April 13th. Her body was found the same day in an empty hog house behind the tavern. And she Ugh. died from a blow to her abdomen that ruptured her liver. Wow. So Richard Speck frequented that bar um, and he helped build that hog house. Oh, no. Um, that was one of the jobs he got was a carpentry job. His older brother helped him get when he moved to town. So the Monmouth police police briefly question him about this woman's death um 
but when they show up to the Christie Hotel, he loves to stay in these flop houses. That's mm-hmm. the, the, through the whole story. He has left town. Um, but when they search the room, they find a radio costume jewelry uh, and other items that that the 65-year-old woman had reported missing from her house after her attack. Right. So now they know. And then they also find other um, other uh, personal effects that are related to other burglaries in town. So they know this guy has done all of this. Totally. So Why did he leave all that shit behind? Well, because he had to get out of town because oh. he had killed this woman, essentially. Okay. All right. And then he was like, hightails it out and then just doesn't care yeah so also he's a crazy drunk right so he's not a good planner right, 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 right. or probably packer um <laughs> so he leaves that small town goes back to chicago to stay with his other sister martha uh and martha had worked as a pediatric nurse before she got married which is just an interest to me was an interesting uh note for later mm-hmm. um oh yeah foreshadowing that's right um so he goes and he joins the merchant marines his brother-in-law recommends that he does that so it's like it's consistent work you know like you it's it's kind of like when fuck-ups join the army Mm -hmm. and to get a little something in them so it's Mm -hmm. kind of same idea not that all army people are fuck-ups not in the least please don't send us no 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 we support the troops in every way however Sometimes. More than most, actually. I mean, really. Um, but no, but this is like, it ba- and this is also a thing back in the day. Like, yeah. you join the Merchant Marines when you're kind of listless and you don't, you know. It's like, it did My you brother want- did it, and now he's the best fucking person ever. Yeah. So, I get a, so I get a talk about so it. So, you get credit. Yeah. Um, I get to talk about it. And not uh, get hate mail. <laughs> there's, there's so many ways to make mistakes I mean, when you have a podcast and you're just trying to talk. And you're just speaking and you just piss everyone off. I really support the Marines. I guess I want to... All right. Sorry. Um, yeah, I deviated from the... It's really something people used to do. Did you see... <laughs> Lewin Davis, he was a yes. he was trying to get on a ship. He just he was like a loser musician. Yeah, no, it doesn't matter. We're not we're not bad people. Oh, yeah, we're really good people. Okay, so he gets he joins the Merchant Marines. He gets on a ship. Four days later, he gets appendicitis, and he has to get airlifted to a hospital. So he stays in this hospital for two weeks after his surgery, and he loves the attention he's getting from these nurses. Uh-huh. And. While he's there, he meets and befriends a 28-year-old nurse's aide named Judy. So once he gets better, he goes back onto the ship, but he is a drunk, and he also takes pills. So there's lots Sounds of... Sounds like me right now. Yes, yeah, it's totally you. <laughs> um, and he had really bad sciatica. What? Oh, my God. It says it right here. Um <laughs> On this ship, he is, gets drunk. He exposes himself to Aww, other crew members. Gross. He gets into fist fights. Nobody wants to see that shit. Again with the knives. He's all over I, the place with the knives. And then finally, he gets drunk and yells at a, at a superior officer. Yeah. So they... Put, what they call put him ashore which to me visually is so hilarious of like the boat pulls up and fucking kicks him off and he gets like stranded in upper Michigan holy shit they just like boot him off the they're boat. just like get the fuck out of here wow they later dated him so hard so hard so um he goes and finds that woman Judy the nurse's aide Judy oh, that he met at the hospital Judy, Judy, Judy. and he ends up staying at her house she says the entire time he stays with her for like two weeks she says he's a perfect gentleman showered her with gifts took her to dinner and was 
amazing. And at the end of the trip, she lent him 80 bucks so he could take the train back to his sister's house in Chicago. All right. Um, that's the only nice story that you're going to hear about oh, Richard's back. I'm glad Judy's okay. Yeah. She did fine. He gets back on July, on June 30th. By July 11th, he's overstayed his welcome and his sister kicks him out of the house. Um, so he goes down to the maritime hall to get another job on a ship, but, but the, they keep saying he has assignments and then they fall through, which must have something to do with the fact that he got kicked off a ship yeah. already, you know? Yeah. Um, at one point, so he's just kind of wandering around. He has nowhere to go. He's broke. So his sister, uh, come and her husband come visit him on July 13th. She gives him 25 bucks. They sit in her car and have a conversation. And while they do this, they're sitting outside a townhouse that is also serves as a nurse's student, a student nurse's dormitory. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So basically they have a conversation, which I would imagine would be, you got to let me come back because I have nowhere to go. And the sister's like, fuck no. Oh, you're a lunatic. Mm. Here's $25. (gasps) See ya. And would not want to be you. Oh, no. Yeah. So see you and would not. That's (laughs) hilarious. So he takes the money. He gets a room at a flop house called the Shipyard Inn. And then he starts day drinking, which we know never goes well. Uh, does it for them? Maybe no. Yeah, no. You're right. Um, I mean, I mean, for me, for me, it's just like it's just the promise of an amazing nap. <laughs> That's all it is. That's true. <laughs> for me, when I used to drink, uh, I just knew at some point if I started drinking like around noon, uh, sometime in the evening, I would be trying to hit someone in the face. <laughs> That's me, though. See, I'm like noon to three, hard nap to f- five or six, take a shower, go out again. Get back on that horse. Or just hang out at home. Yeah. Or watch some quality TV. Yeah. Um, okay. So what he does instead is he day drinks. Oh, no. And he starts following a 53-year-old woman from bar to bar who is also day drinking. Sure. And finally, he propositions her at the last place that they're at. He gets her to come back to his room with him, Uh rapes her, steals a black $16 mail order 22 caliber ROM pistol. That's a lot of detail. (laughs) All of those. Say that again. Black. I I cut and pasted that. that, So I didn't realize they were going to describe this fucking gun to the T. But (laughs) mail order is the problem. This is the sticking point for me. (laughs) This is, you know what? I wish I could criticize, give a critique on every Wikipedia page because there's so much overwriting and backwards describing. But I, but I believe the thing that stuck out for me. Yes, you were correct about all of that, but that you could just mail order a gun. Oh, yeah. I mean, I guess there's a knife TV show, so why couldn't <laughs> there mean, be a fucking... we got to have our weapons <laughs> as Americans. Yeah. And it, by any means possible. Sure. Uh, okay, so after he attacks and brutally rapes this woman <sighs> and steals all her shit, he goes and eats dinner. So then he goes back to drink at the Shipyard Inn Tavern until Tech. 10.30 at night. Then he goes back up to his room and gets dressed entirely in black. Oh, no. That can't be anything good. I mean, he's not a goth. He's not a ninja. He's <laughs> armed with a switchblade and the stolen gun. He walks a mile and a half back to the townhouse where oh. he was having the conversation with his sister. And uh, it is 
it's a dormitory. It's, I already said that, but it's functioning as a dormitory for nursing students for South Chicago Community Hospital. Oh, honeys. So he cuts open the screen on a back window. So this oh, screens, it, man. Yeah. Screens are yeah. troublesome. Yeah. He cuts open the screen, crawls in the window, walks up the stairs, and knocks on a bedroom door. And a woman named Corazon, or Cora Amuaro, um, opens the door and sees a man standing there holding a gun to her. And he pushes into the room. There's two other women in bed. He gets them out of bed. Um... And he gets them to come out of the room at gunpoint and go into a bigger bedroom in the back. And then he, they, he, uh, goes into these other rooms. He finds women. I'm sure that those, they screamed or made some weird noise. He goes basically into each room, collects up all the women that are in this dormitory and puts them all into this back room. Um, and then he, which is to me, I think as I was reading this kind of a crucial point, uh, he turns off the light in the room. Uh-huh. Then he lights a cigarette and sits on the floor. He has them sitting in a semicircle. And he very, again, politely and in his quiet southern drawl, uh-huh. starts explaining to them how he's not going to hurt them. He just wants money. He's trying to leave town. He's just going to get a bunch of money from them. And then he he puts out the cigarette, stands up takes out a switchblade and starts cutting up a sheet and he ties the hands and feet of all these nursing students. And then he picks up the first girl and like to go as if to say, you know, we're going to go get your purse. Uh Like I'm going to, you're going to get me your money. Yeah. And her name was Pamela Wilkening and Pamela fucking spits in his face (gasps) And says, I can, I will be able to pick you out of a lineup. Oh, no. Yeah. God bless her soul. He takes her into the other room and he starts to rape her. And two other nursing students who had just come home uh, walk in on them. So he, uh, he pushes Pamela down. He takes the other two into another room and strangles and stabs them oh, and kills them and fuck. leaves them in that room. Then he goes back to Pamela, stabs her once in the heart. Oh, honey. Then he goes back to the group of women that are waiting in the room. And they have no up. idea. They have no idea, but you know they're hearing noises. Totally. And it's that thing where I honestly think that the, because a lot of people talk about that, why would these, there was ultimately there I were know. eight nursing students sitting in a circle. But first of all, he had a gun on them. And it's that thing of like, I won't, I don't want to hurt you. I just need money. So everyone's thinking and, and they're nursing students. So they yeah. know psychologically you want to be complicit. Like, you want to go cooperate. along, keep him calm. Yeah. Clearly he's probably drunk. He was probably very overtly drunk and he was on speed. Yeah. So they were probably just trying to keep everything like doing what he wanted. Yeah trusting that he was doing what he said which of course he fucking wasn't yeah so he goes back in and he just keeps taking them out one by one and at one point cora the one who opened Mm -hmm. the door first gets out of her out of her ties and rolls under a bed and just stays in there and then as he's taking them out they're hearing noises and they all like they don't know what yeah, to do they're staring yeah. staying really quiet um <clears throat> and then and she describes all of this later on yeah um basically it's the second to last woman he rapes in the room so she 
sees and hears yeah. it. Um, and then he kills her. And she is just pressed up under a bed against the wall praying. Yeah. So all in all, <clears throat> he killed eight women that night. Pamela Wilkening, who was 20, Patricia Matuzek, who was 20, Nina Jo Schmally, who was 24, Suzanne Ferris, who was 21, Mary Ann Jordan, who was 20, Merlita Gargulo, who was 22, Valentina Passion, who was 23, and Gloria Davy, who was 22. And <clears throat> then he walks out the front door, he throws his knife into the Calumet River, and he goes home and goes to bed. What the fuck? Thinking that he has committed the perfect crime <clears throat> because he killed all of the women. Mm -hmm. But he didn't mm -hmm. because Cora was still under the bed. She waited until six in the morning. And then she opened a window, <clears throat> started crawling out the window, screaming, they're dead. All of my friends are dead. Oh, my God. There's a woman across the street who was doing laundry in her house and here's what she thought she thought a baby was crying and she opens her front window and sees Cora out the back window just screaming out the window so she goes over there then she wakes up like the house mother for all that mm -hmm. the dormitories and this fucking house mother walk through the house oh, fuck. seeing every every room there was a different dead body I mean it was it was a disaster when the police finally came the Policeman who was first on the scene had only been on the force for 18 months. Oh, no. So he walked through and he was, when he came back out of the house, this is actually kind of fascinating. Back then they had reporters who would listen to the, the police radios mm -hmm. and they would just drive around and like, you know, Find oh, there was a house it, yeah. caught on fire or whatever. Yeah. <clears throat> so this guy that was the reporter that heard this call was there probably five minutes after this first cop. And uh -huh. when he got there, he said the guy had his hat on backwards. He, his shirt was out of his untucked. He, he was walking in circles. Oh he was God. completely in shock. And, um, the guy said, what's going on? And he said, they're all dead. And they said, go look. And so <gasps> this reporter walked into the scene. And so he actually, talked about it where he said there was so much blood in the hallway that it can't as you walk through the hallway because it was coming yeah. out of the rooms oh my god that you would step down and it would come up over the sole of your shoe Fuck. and to the to the top of your shoe Fuck. and they were in every single room it was so when the when the rest of the cops finally appear there, you know, there, there's some cops outside and their cops would walk into the house yeah. and then come out and throw up. And oh then the other cops God. that hadn't gone in yet were giving them shit like, oh yeah. yeah, you know, maybe you've been on the force too long. Then they'd go up and they'd come out and throw up. Oh and every God. single cop that arrived on the scene vomited. You think one would be like, I'm going to stay out of there. Where they have to go in. Right. That's the fucking job. So that's what a nightmarish insane. And also, this was 66. This was yeah. before Manson. This was before anything. There was no spree killings back then. or Not really. Or yeah. like the ones that they'd had, like the in cold blood one where it's like a family but they yeah. were like in those beds and it was gunshot wounds. This was like a knife yeah. and strangulation and just extreme. Fuck. So... Uh, they but there are fingerprints all over the scene. Yeah. So and the FBI comes in immediately. So they get they find out that it's Richard Speck. Like within um 
within three days of the attack, they have his picture. Mm-hmm. They also have the um, picture that the court described him to the cops. Right. And that those two pictures um, run in the newspaper alongside uh, the information that he has a tattoo on his forearm that says born to raise hell. Fuck. Can you imagine seeing like your sibling? Oh, Oh yeah, and then, like, like I, knowing it's him, yeah. and that he did this this thing that is beyond monstrous, yeah. like beyond. So when when Speck realizes his pictures in the paper, he can't go anywhere. Mm-hmm. He can't. He's in this flop house, and he doesn't know what to do. Mm-hmm. So he commits, tries to commit suicide. Mm-hmm. He attempts suicide, drinks a bottle of old wine, breaks the bottle, and then slashes his wrists. But then at the 11th hour, calls downstairs and says, call an ambulance because I'm dying. And so they take him to the, um, let's see, they take him to Cook County Hospital. Mm-hmm. And Dr. Leroy Smith, who was a 25-year-old surgical student, had read, had just read the newspaper. Oh my God. Saw the born to raise hell tattoo detail. And when he walked up on this suicide case, sees that tattoo and says, uh, or I think he just immediately called yeah. the cops. But then later when Richard Speck asked for water, um, he said, did you give any of those nurses water? And just walked away. Oh, fuck. So, but then the cops were actually very careful. They, like, stayed around him the whole time because they knew this was this situation where, uh, like, he could get killed before he ever gets tried. Yeah. Because this is, he is such, like, for three days, this Chicago was in total Terrified. terror. So, um, also... There were concerns because there was a recent Miranda case that vacated a conviction, actually for a number of criminals, vacated a bunch of convictions. So they didn't even question him for three weeks because they had, they needed to make sure everything was like going to go exactly how it was supposed to go for the case. Yeah. So when they finally do bring him to trial, they have to move it to Peoria, which is three miles away from Chicago because they know there's no way they can get him a fair trial in Chicago. Um, and there's a gag order on the press, which they used to do. I don't know why they don't do that anymore. Oh, right. Where, like, you just can't publish yeah, anything. There's no reporters allowed, and they let the whole thing proceed as it right. would naturally. Imagine. Which would make sense, because like once they're caught and going to trial, you don't need to know anything. You just tell us what happened. Yeah. Yeah. At the end, yeah. Uh, it's not the world we live in, though. Nope. Um so the beautiful part is they were so worried about Cora because of what she, you know, this horrible thing she went through mm-hmm. and now she has to face him in court. And they were really worried that she wasn't going to be able to do it. Mm-hmm. Not only did she fucking do it when they said, can you identify the killer? Is he in this room? She stood up from the witness box, walked over to <gasps> Richard Speck, pointed into his face and they said she almost touched his face and said, this is the man. Holy shit. And they, I just gave myself chills. And they, <laughs> I love that so much. Yeah. Because it must have been the fucking scariest thing in the totally. world. Totally. And she practically flicked his cheek. And that's amazing. Uh, they said beca- because of that eyewitness account, they, the jury deliberated for 49 minutes wow. before they came back with a death penalty. Wow. Um, so, 
On June 5th, Judge Herbert J. Passion sentenced Speck to die in the electric chair. Um, but uh, they, Illinois had to reverse his death penalty because they said that they unconstitutionally excluded potential jury members mm. when they were trying to find the jury. Mm-hmm. So instead, the judge that was forced to get to uh, vacate the death penalty Mm -hmm. gave him 1200 years in prison um so uh every time he came up for parole after in all the years he was in prison he was denied within 10 minutes good i can't believe he even got a chance to plead his case for parole I mean, I think the thing at the end of the day, because they, you know, they did, they examined him, you know, for like, was he insane? Yeah. Was he, does he, did he not know what he was doing? Yeah. Was he incompetent or whatever? And, uh, there was a psychologist to, or a, they did an examination of his brain and they did see that the hippocampus, which involves memory, right. and the amygdala, which deals with rage and strong emotions, encroached upon each other. Uh, and the boundaries of the two were blurred. And um, a neurologist who examined those, the photos of those tissue samples, because the, t- the real tissue samples uh, were sent to a Boston neurologist for further study and were lost or oh, stolen. come on. Of course. Um, but a neurologist who examined photos of the tissue samples, um, along with the results of an EEG, said, I've never heard of this type of abnormality in the history of neurology. Weird. Uh, so any abnormality that has exception, uh, that exceptional has got to have an exceptional consequence. Wow. Um, so he's it's all that combined with the you know the perfect storm of the horrible father the childhood abuse and he also was diagnosed with organic brain syndrome because of the hit his head as a kid that's right he fell from a tree at white rock lake when he was an adolescent and he suffered cerebral injuries son of a bitch it's there again. Isn't that the weirdest thing in the world? Yeah. So, but anyway, also, I would just like to say he took reds, I think is what they called them at the time, which was basically speed. Uh-huh. And he would take like handfuls of them at a time. And as a person who took Fen-Fen in the 90s, uh-huh. I would just like to say I would take two a day and I was a monster. Wow. I was a lunatic on those pills for like two years. I the fact that he like abused that kind like amphetamines he must have been i mean so he's already crazy monster he's already a monster and then he's on pills that make you even more of a monster so just to kind of like you know to somehow connect with what what happened in that dormitory because it was like living hell yeah and that's what drugs do to you fuck i mean not to be your mom about it be my be my aunt. <laughs> no, look, the weird aunt is here in every way. <laughs> Don't do what I do, kids. Um, here's the thing that everybody talks about about Richard Speck, though. Aside from that terrible killing and being this like loathed mass murderer, mm-hmm. there's a very famous video that got sent to mm-hmm. Bill Curtis, <gasps> our man Bill Curtis. Bill. 
um, that someone, an anonymous attorney, sent it to Bill Curtis uh, in 1988, and someone inside um, the, sorry, the jail where he was Mm -hmm. i don't know if it's cook county or if it was in a different jail Mm -hmm. but someone they made a video of what the what it was like to be a prisoner in this jail and this is the video where where richard speck is in women's underwear and no shirt and he has small women's breasts because he was taking hormones to transition while he was in jail he was able to smuggle hormones in so he had basically had like kind of like very perky b-cup breasts what? i've never seen this it's so disturbing he's just and he sits there with no shirt on with his little boobs in women's underwear talking about these murders and what does it he is say? fucked well he he's he's clearly trying to be the big man yeah because uh, there's a another prisoner sitting next to him so he's just talking about how strong you have to be to strangle <gasps> somebody and then it's not like you see it on tv it takes a long time oh my god and he talks about how the the one of the women that he killed was flirting with him just crazy shit that, holy like, shit when you see it you're disgusting. like yeah it's so they showed it uh the illinois legislature packed an auditorium and they showed it what and they ended up turning it off when it came to the part where richard speck started filleting the uh prisoner that he was sitting next to what in the actual fuck and it was basically they some uh i read somewhere that it said that they did it because they wanted to bring the death penalty back oh they were mad that illinois got rid of the death death penalty and they were it was basically trying to say this is what's happening they're just sitting in prison you know having this great time and that was one of the quotes richard speck said if they knew how much fun i was having in there in here they they'd set me free oh my god dude but too bad for you because richard speck died of a heart attack in prison good and they say no one claimed the body but he was cremated and his ashes were sprinkled somewhere so somebody must have done something where were they sprinkled they didn't say Somewhere near Joliet. Fuck. And that is the super bummer story <laughs> of Richard's back. What a piece of shit. Yeah. Yeah. But then you go, what if his dad didn't die and he just got to stay in his hometown and have that life sliding yeah. doors? Or what if his stepdad was just like a peg like happy drunk who was like cool, chill. What if he was like the best... He, what if he's like an ex-pirate who was just like, I love this fucking parrot on my shoulder and I love life. Let's what if instead of stepdad, it was just his mom's boyfriend and he was cool? <laughs> what if it was just his mom's peg like boyfriend yeah. who was chill? Listen, you don't have to marry every fucking dude you meet. That's right, mom. You should probably marry very few of them. At most, most of them you shouldn't four, marry. At most four. Most four. Over your lifetime. To yeah. six. Yeah. And, like, that's if you're going to live to be, like, 93 or 4. Which I do not plan on doing. I'll do it if I'm, like, good. You got your little house coat on? Yeah, my grandma played cards and stuff. That's and right. she was in her late 90s. Yeah. House coats. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I already act like a fucking 95-year-old. You're sitting on a heating pad right now. <laughs> <laughs> With sciatic nerve pain. <laughs> 
If you're like me, you're always looking for a story to dive into. Whether it's a family drama or a mystery to solve, the key to getting hooked is the details. I need rich visuals and intricate storylines, and June's Journey has that and more. June's Journey is a mobile mystery game that follows June Parker, a daring young woman, on a quest to uncover the truth about her sister's murder. This is your chance to test your detective skills because you'll play the game as June herself. Explore beautifully designed scenes from the 1920s, like lavish estates and gardens, and don't forget to keep an eye out for hidden clues. There are twists, turns, and catchy tunes, all leading you deeper into the thrilling storyline. And if you play well enough, you could make it to the detective club. There, you'll chat with other players and compete with or against them. June needs your help, but watch out, you never know which character might be a villain. Shocking family secrets will be revealed, but will you crack the case? Find out as you escape this world and dive into June's world of mystery, murder, and romance. It's all just one tap away. Discover your inner detective when you download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. That's June's Journey. Download the game for free on iOS and Android. Goodbye. There's something about the sound of an old-timey cash register that really takes me back. I know. It sounds like someone is about to hand me an ice cream cone, but it also sounds like we just sold some merch. That's right. And if you're a Shopify user like us, you know that this sound means you just made a sale. Shopify has helped millions of businesses sell their products online, but did you know they also offer the same support for brick and mortar stores? From accepting payments to managing inventory, they have everything you need to sell in person. So give your point of sale system a serious upgrade with Shopify. Shopify POS tracks sales across all your locations. That way you'll always know what you have in stock and where. They also provide reliable tech that fits your unique retail needs, like turning a tablet into a credit card reader. And if you're looking to reach new customers, check out Shopify's marketing tools. They're easy to use and they integrate with all social media platforms. With Shopify, we have a powerful partner for managing our sales. And if you're a business owner, you can too. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period today at shopify.com murder. And here's the important note, that promo code is all lowercase. So go to shopify.com slash murder and take your retail business to the next level. That's shopify.com slash murder. Again, don't forget the code is all lowercase. Goodbye. Um, my favorite murder. We're about to give a big old high five to Australia. Oh, by talking about the deadliest mass shooting in Australian history, the Port Arthur Massacre. Fuck. Here we go. So it was early 1987. Martin Bryant, 19-year-old dude, IQ of 66. Yeah, that face you're making is correct. Mm. Meets a a 54-year-old woman. She's a Harris to a, a lottery <laughs> fortune i'm sure i don't know uh, did you call her a harris <laughs> did i call her a harris i'm on pain pills heiress i meant heiress <laughs> i was like she's one of the harrises what the fuck oh are you God. talking about <laughs> no no we cannot you guys so much pain right now use the pain i'm in so much pain she's a harris she's a harris <laughs> sorry Shit. sorry no you're i'm glad you pointed that out otherwise you'll be like what the fuck all right 54 year old helen mary elizabeth harvey is an heiress mm-hmm. to a lottery fortune well sorry if you win the lottery like i don't know if this means so you can't just share, call yourself a harris well i don't know if she's a harris <laughs> to a sh- she, it's a share in the tatter 
Saul's lottery fortune. So she, they could be like the head of a lottery. Got it. I don't know. Australia is different than here. I guess if you started the lottery, right. you're the richest one of all. Dude. Okay. Yeah. Got it. Got it. So, uh, so he's a lawnmower and he meets her while he's looking for, for more customers and they befriend each other. He becomes a regular visitor to her. All right. You ready for some fucking gray gardens action? Hello. Yes. All right. Neglected Newtown mansion. Um, and assist with tasks, tasks such as feeding their 14 dogs that are oh. living inside the house. Yes, like me. And the 40 cats living inside her oh, garage. Jesus. Karen, <laughs> you and I need to move there immediately. <laughs> All of our cat and dog dreams can come true. And we have a hot, stupid 19-year-old fucking doing shit Just for us. Just mowing that lawn. Yeah. Uh, That's some great gardens shit i mean first of all the level of dog and cat fighting if you had 16 oh. dogs and 40 cats Dude. what the fuck cats win i would just be walking around all day going stop it stop it good smoky but you know they're like be nice to your sister <laughs> <laughs> but you have to do it with an australian accent i i won't even i can't i don't want to piss off a bunch of more australians after, after incorrectly saying that one of their murders was from or one of New Zealand's murders was New Zealand. They, based they're on the that. ones that got pissed. That's true. And right. they're the ones you don't fuck with. Yeah. <laughs> Lord of the Rings. Okay, go ahead. Harris. Anyways. <laughs> Harris. Excuse me. I like Harris. Harris. <laughs> uh, so in June of 1990, the family or the house was finally reported to the health authorities and medics found that uh, Mary and her mom were in need of urgent hospital treatment. The 79-year-old mother, Hilva, died several weeks later. A cleanup order was placed, and Martin's father was, like, going to try to help clean everything up because he's, like, taking care of his stupid son all the time. So, Should you be saying that? Well, he is a mass murderer. I don't oh, think anyone cares. That's Okay, okay. No, you're right. I shouldn't <laughs> I mean, be saying that. Just, I don't know. I'm so... <laughs> you're so scared of correction corner. I mean... <laughs> you're correct. You're my correct. correction corner just keeps getting bigger. You come correct with your correction corner. Let's come correct. Yeah. So, um, Mary invites Martin to live with her in this mansion, and they start spending huge amounts of money. They purchase more than 30 new cars in less than three years. What? I know. That's this is the Harris. The Harris. And her lawnmower. Her hair, the Harris and her hot, I don't know if he's hot, her fucking new boyfriend. Got it. Yeah. Are, wait, are they boyfriend, girlfriend? I don't know. I don't think it explicitly says, but okay. I think it's like, part of if it. they're not boning, there's some like relationship going Okay. On. Got it. So, uh, da, 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 da. so he, Martin is, re, is reassessed for his pension and a note attached to his paperwork says at the time, father protects him from any occasion which might upset him as he continually threatens violence. Martin tells me he would like to go around shooting people. It would be unsafe to allow Martin out of his parents' control. That's why I said that to take care of his stupid son. Right. I got it. Not because I'm a terrible person. Right. So in 91, um, Mary and Martin moved into a 72 acre farm and the neighbors said he always carried an air gun and often fired at tourists as they stopped to buy apples at a stall on the highway. Um, and he would roam around the property firing the gun at dogs when they barked at him which is probably always because he was a piece of shit also when you fire guns it makes dogs bark so it's kind of a self-perpetuating situation there you go 
<laughs> dog expert. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> gun. Firing gun at dog expert. <laughs> but it was an air gu- That was, he was firing an air gun. So mm-hmm. he was just, yeah. he was just going Mayhem. through emotions. Okay. Yeah. So then on October 20th, 1992, Mary his Harris was killed in a car wreck oh, no. when her car veered onto the wrong side of the road and hit an oncoming car directly. And Martin was inside the car at the time of the accident and was hospitalized, but he was investigated by police because he had a habit of lunging for the steering wheel. And um, she had already had three accidents as a result of him doing this. Hold on. Yeah. Then do, what? After the first time, aren't you like you don't get to come into the car anymore? She was an old Harris, and like she needed company. Shit. Yeah, and but my brother, if he's in the car with me and I'm driving, he fucks with me. I mean, he doesn't lunge <laughs> at the steering wheel, but he fucking won't stop turning the fucking windshield wipers on every five fucking minutes. When we're stopped at a stoplight, he pulls the emergency brake every fucking time just that, to fuck with me. That reminds me of my cousin Stevie. When he finally got his license, I was like 10 and he was 16 and he would drive me home from school. And then as he was driving down the road, he'd go dead body and just fall over. <laughs> and I would have to jump over and start oh steering from the passenger seat. <laughs> so dangerous. He did shit like that constantly. Can I out Marty, my dad, real quick? When yes. we used to fucking, he used to drive us up to Lake Arrowhead where he lived for a while like these dark windy roads and we'd say dad how would i drive and he'd go georgia would drive like this and then how would i drive dad <laughs> you would drive like this <laughs> dark fucking mountain like no guardrail <sighs> over georgia would drive i think it was just to shut the fuck up. like just shut us up yes after four well, hours it's boring yeah i mean it's boring to hang out with little kids <laughs> it's a bore man we almost, make it interesting we almost died so many times god that's so hilarious <laughs> i remember one time being so small that i could stand up in the back seat of my dad's vw bug uh-huh. i could stand behind the driver's seat. on this on the seat i i was standing on the floor of the uh-huh. car i was as tall oh, as no. the seat so um, I was probably five. Yeah. And I thought it was really funny. Oh, no. I reached up and no. just covered my dad's eyes. And his reaction oh, was God. to start laughing. But he was like, knock it off, knock it off. And he would pull up my hands. And then that was like the game uh, on that car trip. So I would do it. And then the next time I did it, I was like a little crazy monkey where oh. I wouldn't take my hands off. Like he couldn't God. peel. And he was like, Garrett, Jesus Christ, I'm done. You have to let go. I can't see. It oh, was. God, I, now I'm just having all these recovered memories of. Because we lived out in the country, too, so you had a lot longer before something bad was going to happen when stuff like that was going on. How are we alive? I don't know. Maybe we're not. You know what? Maybe this is a Jacob's Ladder situation that's not nightmarish. That's just, like, going pretty well. It's pretty fun, you guys. I like it. (laughs) That's why we're number one, is because it's just a... It's just not real. There's, like, no way in real life. A massive hallucination. (laughs) And then we're about to get dropped into the bowels of hell. Yeah, Chris Hart because like how do, why would you think that this would be real <laughs> that you would be bigger than me <laughs> oh please no one's bigger than chris hardwick I know. my head hurts okay <laughs> and uh, back what and back and my butt so okay he was the sole beneficiary of her will and came into yes 
What? $550,000. Oh. Not about much money. Well, I guess, you know. After taxes? Yeah. And he didn't know shit about money. His mother applied and was granted guardianship of the money. So his assets were under the uh, management of public trustees um, because he had diminished intellectual capacity. I see. You know what I'm saying? Yes. So after her death, uh, Martin's father, Maurice... Um, looked after the, f- the farm that they had fucking lived on with all the animals. Um, and he returned home after the hospital as a convalesce. Let's see. Uh, his father had been prescribed antidepressants and two months later on August 14th, a visitor looking for the father, Maurice, found a note saying, call the police, pinned to the door, and found several, several thousand dollars in his car. Um, there was no criminal intent sus- suspected. Um, let's see. They searched the property without success. Divers were called to search the four dams on the property. And on August 16th, his body was found in the dam close to the farmhouse oh. with one of Martin's diving weight belts around his neck. Um, police described the death as unnatural and that the death was ruled a suicide. And Martin, uh, Martin inherited his father's money as well. Sorry, they okay. No, no, just they ruled it unnatural. I think meaning he had committed suicide, not oh, that okay, he was murdered. Okay, dang. Okay, yeah. So like he didn't fall in on accident. I got it. Okay, so he, Martin comes becomes super weird. He so now he's by himself. Yeah, I think his mom, his mom, like can't keep custody of him, so he's living on this place. He becomes super weird. He starts wear. He starts instead of dressing normally, wears gray linen suit, cravat. I don't know what that is. That's a French for a tie. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Linen skin shoes and a Panama hat while carrying a briefcase during the day, telling anyone who listened that he had a well-paying career. So he's playing successful yeah. adult. Yeah. Got it. And he got super lonely. He starts visiting various overseas countries more than 14 times in two years. Oh. He's like basically living the life all of us want without yeah. the murder part. Right. I don't... Just like enjoy it, dude. Yeah. He hates all the destinations he goes to, but he enjoys the flights as he could speak to the people sitting next to him who had no choice but to listen and be polite. Okay. Yeah, that, this is when you stop having any. There's no empathy sympathy, left. No. Yeah, but also, I mean, that alone is nightmarish yeah. enough. A person who intentionally flies to yeah. talk to you. I've gotten really lucky in my travels that I've everyone I sit next to is like, "Bye, nope." Yes, you know, same here. But is it I also, of us? <laughs> like, are I we think just... we can send off a signal of absolutely not. So when I. Take obviously take a pill, put a scarf around my entire face and head, yes, and start snoring with a neck pillow. I would be the girl that'd be like, "Hey, have you seen Stranger Things? Where'd you get that scarf? You know what? Can I ask you four quick questions <laughs> before you nod off?" But do you ever sit in front of the people who are like having the best conversation and you want uh, both to die? I there's nothing I hate more uh, because it's a bitterness, yeah, in me. But it's also that kind of thing of like you're. This is performative. You are yes. you are ha- having a conversation, sure, but you're loving the fact that other people can hear you having this yeah. conversation. And you're also like, can you be a little more? What's the word? Like gone? 
gone in your life <laughs> that you don't need to speak to strangers all the time. Oh, yeah. And like yes. uh, the, the nicest people I know in the world meet people on the plane next to them and end up like in long term friendships with them and helping each like they're really good Who? people. What? Who? I know. <laughs> Name names right now so that I never talk to them again. <laughs> Fuck that. I just can't do it. It's it's not necessary. Yeah. That's like just trying to talk to everybody you see on the street. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if some magical meet cute thing happens where like, oh my god, you're you're reading the book I wrote or whatever. That's <laughs> yeah, fine. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's fine. But I mean, come on. Yeah. No. Unless you have been in solitary confinement for twenty years, no. leave people alone. Yeah. I don't want to. I don't want to talk to you. That's wrong. <laughs> Well, he does that, so we hate him. Yeah, I mean, well, if if it's a guy in a gray linen suit who has, like, who likes guns, no. And he's probably in first class. Oh, yeah. Well, he didn't have that much money. I mean, $550,000 isn't no. going to last you. No. 14 countries. Also, yeah, because that right there is what? If first class is a thousand bucks. Like, first class? I love first class. I do too. God. It never happens. Damn. If we ever do tours, let's have that be on our yeah, thing. Yeah, <laughs> we'll only do it for first class, and then you and I can be the most obnoxious people in first class. Here's the thing: if now everything I just said <laughs> only applies to coach. If I'm in first class, oh, yeah. I'm like, hi. Yeah. How'd you get up here? Where are you from? Yeah. What's your middle name? I'll fucking talk to you all dig day long. <laughs> Could you get into my pills? I'm I'm totally stealing your pill feelings. I'm feeling it. Do you? How's my hair right now? I do, I actually like it. Everyone, everyone, know I look fucking insane. Let's you, take a quick pic. Oh no, it'll be fun. Okay. Um, I'm so tired. Okay. So, <laughs> you take one. Yeah, and I'm gonna post it right now. I don't give a fuck. Too bad I don't give a shit about dick. Correction corner. <laughs> that photo is not what I look like. I don't give a shit about dick. <laughs> Things are breaking down. I know. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, I just realized, too, I meant to talk to you about two things. The the show Tallulah on oh, Netflix. Right. The movie? The movie Tallulah on Netflix. Yes. And also that they're making a Jim Jones movie. What? Who? Yeah, I don't. Let's talk, let's talk about it next time. What? Correction corner. This is opening. <laughs> this is opening shit, not me talking about. All okay. right, day of the shooting. Let's got get it, there. Got it. Let's get there. He's getting All drunk. of Australia is on fire with They're rage like, to us right now. Shut up. You fucking dumbasses. He's, he's getting shit faced all the time. He's drinking a lot of booze. Oh, I wanted to tell you that he drinks uh, half a bottle of Sambuca and a bottle of Irish, Bailey's Irish cream Ooh. every day, supplemented with port wine. What? That is he all... me when I'm 23? <laughs> Does he also smoke clothes? <laughs> this that is all just the sweetest. That's man. No, that's like saying you want just drink a milkshake. Yeah. That's the equivalent of hitting your head as a kid. <laughs> really? You know what I mean? Wait, sambuca and Bailey's. Sambuca, Bailey's, and port wine, which is just sweet dessert wine. Oh, it's disgusting. That's like drinking barf. Yeah, he's drinking what like a sorority girl drinks her first time drinking. Yeah, and her second. All right, day of the shooting. Sorry. Here we go. I'm posting his picture right now. Okay. His first victims are poor, poor David and Sally Martin. No, no relation. Oh, wait, no. His first name's Martin, so of course it wouldn't be. Anyways, moving on. They own, they own the bed and breakfast guest house that the Martins had bought. So this family had bought the B&B that 
Bryant's father had wanted to buy. And, uh, and he believed that the Martins had deliberately bought the property to hurt his family and blamed them for the depression that led to his dad's death. Aww. So he shoots him in the guest house and then he goes to Port Arthur Ruins and he enters the Broad Arrow Cafe. Um, he, he eats and then he goes to the back of the cafe, sets a video camera on a vacant table, <gasps> takes out a semi-automatic rifle and begins shooting patrons <sighs> and staff. And within 15 seconds, he had fired 17 shots, killing 12 people and wounding 10. Then he walks to the other side of the shop and fires 12 more times, killing another eight people and wounding two. He then changes magazines before fleeing, shooting six people in the car park. And from his car as he drove away, four were killed and an additional six were injured. Oh, my fuck. And he recorded it on a video yeah, camera? this guy's a piece of shit. Drives down the road. Well, he's crazy, though. I mean, like, that's... He's not okay no, in any way. Uh, he's insane. Oh. He goes down the road. Wait, it gets worse. There's a woman and her two children walking. He stops and fires two shots, killing the woman and the child she was carrying. Oh. And the, mm, the older child gets killed, too. I don't want to. Then he steals a BMW by killing all four of its occupants. God damn. And then a short distance down the road, he stops beside a couple in a white Toyota and drawing his weapon, ordered the man into the boot of the the BMW. After shutting the boot, he fires two shots into the windscreen of the Toyota, killing the female driver. He goes back to the guest house with the guy in his trunk, sets the, mm, sets the stolen car on fire and takes the hostage inside with what? the oh, corpse, okay. with the corpses of the BMB people. So he goes back to the BMB. But he didn't light the car on fire no, and no, leave no, the guy inside. No, okay, no. okay, okay. The police get there and they try to negotiate for many hours and then the phone dies in the bat the battery phone dies. Um his only demand was to be transported in an army helicopter to an airport. Like you're gonna fucking get away, dude. Just Well, sixty six IQ. He's yeah. he's just yeah improving. So at some point he kills his hostage. Oh. The next morning, it's been eighteen hours since he's been there, he sets fire to the guest house and attempts to escape. He gets burns on his back and butt and was captured and taken to the hospital and he's treated and kept under heavy guard. Um, let's see. Da, 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 da. Okay. Sorry. It was okay. So the guy gets shot before the standoff or had and had died in the fire. Um, let's see. Sorry. So initially he pleads not guilty to the 35 murders. Oh my God. And didn't provide any confession. However, he changed his plea to guilty, um, before, before a court hearing on November, in November 19th, 1996, finds, found guilty of all charges. The judge orders that all evidence for the case be sealed. I don't understand. I guess he just doesn't want the video to get out. You probably, right? Yeah. If he's already, because if he's already pleaded guilty, yeah. he's going to go to jail. So, yeah, that, that guy, that guy was out. like, we're shutting this circus down Let's now. Let's make this be a thing. Uh, that's good. He sentenced to 35 life sentences, as many people as he killed, plus a, a thousand and thirty-five years in prison. Oof. So he's still there in solitary confinement. No one but his immediate family is allowed to visit him. He's never to be released, it says. No parole. 
which is very rare in Australia, the majority of murder sentences allow for the possibility of parole after a long prison sentence. Mm-hmm. So his motivation for the massacre remains a guarded secret, only known to his lawyer, who is bound not to reveal without his client's consent. So we don't know what triggered it, why he started, what made him fucking go over the edge, but obviously all of these... Like slow build for a while. Yeah, that I had yeah, described are... And there's, they don't suspect that he killed his father and made it look like a suicide, right? I don't think so, no. Oh, that's... Wow. So, yeah, so the Port Arthur Massacre, but it, I mean, it brought everyone together. It made people aware and... Yeah, I mean, it's just this horrible thing. So, Wait, Martin Bryant, dick. Um, did... I mean, like, what... I guess you wouldn't know, but like, it just makes me think, was that location part of his reason, part of the thing that hasn't been explained? Totally. Like, or like, was there one person of those 35 that he was specifically targeting? The video, it just freaks me out. Why would he, yeah, why would he put a video camera out It's there? so like, yeah, there is such a plan in place, it's, obviously. It's such a like, I want everyone to know how like how I feel it's almost like this look at what look how awful I feel yes right and also look what I can do yeah and look what it's that thing I'm like that's guns is like look yeah. at the control I have over the world totally. I live in look as how little to, safety you actually have even yeah. though you think you have it's my world you're just players in it right right and the mo you think you think you have the serene safety and I can fucking change that in a moment also, I wonder what uh, if he had head injuries in that car accident. I mean, a, a, a head-on collision where yeah. the one person dies. I think he did. God, that's heavy. I know. Should we read a um, hometown? Um, isn't this nine hours long already? <laughs> You're right. Let's do a separate hometown murder next week. All right. Uh, yeah, wow. Let's save those for the Minnesotes because then they just go by. Then like they do. People know to expect them and. That's true. Sit there and wait for theirs like it's Christmassy. Yeah. Um, well, you guys go to um, My Fave Murder on Twitter, My Favorite Murder on Instagram. We have a uh, a Facebook fan page now. Oh, my God. You did not post that photo. Yeah. <laughs> I took a picture of Georgia's hair. Karen. I wanted to capture the feel. This picture really embodies how this episode feels. <laughs> Your hair is I love it. Totally insanity and it's great. It's the worst photo I've ever seen of myself and yet I'm so I want that to be my new headshot. It should be because you look gorgeous. Show you Steven. have wonderful teeth. Um go to my fave murder. <laughs> sweet, I'm a sweet baby angel. I have You're a shirt my on. sweet baby angle forever. <laughs> that says Hebrew. Um <laughs> that that's on Twitter. And I'm gonna put it on Instagram because fuck everything. I'll put it on uh so MFM Podcast is our Facebook fan page because we can't write the word murder. Oh, how's the Facebook fan page going? Good. I'm posting little things, it's fun. Okay. Yeah, it's people good. are joining it. Is that even? Yeah, I don't know how that works. They're joining it, and it shows you how many people it has quote reached, which I don't completely understand. Oh, I see. You know what I'm saying? Uh, but there's also the the good old and you guys. We're getting ready to watch fucking Jean Benet. Oh, you guys! The this Sunday, the 18th oh. is the Jean Benet 
what's that one called? The docu. It's the real one. It's on CBS. It's like I, I've been trying to watch like four other ones that they're posting. Yeah, they all cropped up real fast. They're all they all crapped up real fast. Oh, More girl. Like, Thank you. that was good. Thank you. They and we'll talk up. about we'll watch the Doctor Phil situation and talk about Burke Ramsey and oh right. We'll get into that. Can I just say this is half a brag and then also half an excuse? Mm-hmm. Is that. Uh, I did brag that I had an insider at Dr. Phil and then I found out from her because we talked about it for a while but then I basically called her and said you have to tell me um, the second that interview happens you have to tell me if anything gets revealed and she was like did I say this already on the air she was like oh recorded that three months ago (gasps) nothing happens did you say it was boring she said it was boring, yeah. but but I don't think that's how people actually feel about it because we've been so getting people tweeting to us where it's like this is creepy and he looks weird and stuff. So I think she's just a jaded. Yeah, working in television. If yeah. anyone out there is interested in doing it, it ruins everything it for you. It does. You, all enjoyment is taken away from every <laughs> facet of entertainment. <laughs> As a person who is living it, uh, oh, I had the I was like one. I was so excited when we talked about it first. Call my Aww. friend, and it's like forget it. Well, uh, I think we need an all John Bonet all the time episode. Yes, so I, think I think we should definitely do that. We'll do that. I have a new my new theory. Oh shit! That I'll then talk about once. So we, do I. Do you? No. Oh. <laughs> I have a I have a theory that I think is now correct that I will talk oh. about once we watch the. The good episode. We're, we're calling it. What are we gonna? What are we gonna call it? The good one. The CBS episode is the because we had the yeah, Simpsons. The real know. one. The it's real, like the um, real world. The real world. <laughs> Let's call it the real world. We're gonna watch the real world this Sunday, yeah. and then we're gonna podcast right afterwards yeah. so that we give you a fresh, the freshest of takes. Mm-hmm. Maybe we'll do it so that. Well, no, I guess people will. Maybe the next morning we'll do something. It'll be fine. We're do- we're, we have plans. We are very we are very organized. I blocked out Sunday night so nice. we could do it night of. Nice. I don't know if you did though. No, but you can go ahead. Oh, girl. <laughs> Goodbye. No, um, thanks for listening. You guys are the best. We oh, uh, we love you we and love stuff you. like that. And I forgot how we ended this because I'm on. Oh, I know yes. how. Uh, uh, we end by me telling you to stay sexy and me telling you. Don't get murdered. Elvis wants a cookie. <laughs> he knows. Elvis, I know he does. Want a cookie? He totally yes, knows. You know your lines. Good boy. See you over here. Thanks for listening, guys. Bye. Bye.